we go. John Benet Ramsey, part, part two. Two. And here we go. And it's several days later because <laughs> we wrapped up the other night and we we're like, all right, we've been already at it for like, what, five hours? We were at it for a while. Yeah. So um, we decided to do it today on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We're having a yeah, little Guinness. And uh, some green cupcakes with little rainbows. Yummy. You know, the traditional Irish feast. (laughs) (laughs) I have a unicorn ring now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you have the green? I had a green one. Are my teeth green? Nope, not at all. I had uh, the vanilla. The vanilla? With white frosting. I just figured I'd have to eat a green one since it's St. Patty's Day. I thought you might say something that I'm not wearing green. I'm not wearing green, but my eyes are green. I have green, don't I? That's what I used to always, (laughs) that was my go-to. And they'd be like, you're not wearing green. Sometimes I have more brown than green. Sometimes I have more green than brown. Depends on how much shit I'm full of. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so I went over in part one, we basically just went over the whole timeline and all the basics and the whole family theory. I mean, uh, just go listen to part one. Right. That's all I'm saying. Let's just get over this real quick. I think my computer is just now catching up on some text messages. That's probably what it is. (laughs) All right. And go. Okay, so. Jean-Benet Ramsey. So, like you were saying, you covered the main part of it. Right. I'm covering um, theories. Okay. Uh, Aside from the... Aside from the parents. Although, they might come in here a couple times, but it's not... I'm not talking, like, in depth like you did. Okay. My information, a large, large part of it, came from Rolling Stone and ABC's 2020. I just want to get that out of the way. Okay. Also, one more thing, just in case anything comes into play on here, the disclaimer, we're not, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it all, but I want to put it out there. We're in no way, shape, or form accusing any of the Ramsey family because we don't have any proof of it. Right. Okay. (laughs) We mentioned it on the last one too. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, but your internet is making my page go crazy. So, although the police were strongly leaning towards the parents for this horrific crime, Boulder County District Attorney Alex Hunter, however, was convinced of their guilt. He was really hardcore. Did you watch a lot of those interviews where he was just like, he didn't want to look at anybody else. He was just... He he thought he had his... Thought he had his person. So he did. He was just like. So did that detective, though, that lady. She really, you know, eyes. <laughs> she really thought she, you know, the way we looked at each other, I knew. Right. I knew who it was. But she never actually said Mr. Ramsey. Right. She just was like, I knew. She heavily, he knew. heavily implied it. Yeah. However, wait a minute. Alex Hunter, however, wasn't convinced of their guilt. He was dead set against. On them for their guilt. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Anyway, he wanted to explore other theories, is what they're saying in this thing. But if you watch, okay, so that one thing I watched the night that we recorded, mm-hmm. um, with the detectives and uh, reporters and all of them were saying was completely different than what they would say in another interview. They right. were like totally contradicting themselves. Anyway, um, I mean, the point is. 
That they fucked up the investigation from the get-go. That, from the from beginning. not securing the scene. Right. But uh, three months later, after John Bonet's death, he he's the one. Okay, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Just okay. because he brought in Smith. Why don't I have his full name here? That's terrible. I just have Smith. Why did... I know I wrote his... My, my stuff got all messed up. Lou Schmidt. Lou. Okay. So he brought in Lou's... Lou Smith, and he he quickly began reviewing the evidence and finding potential leads that the police and the public have had overlooked or dismissed. Lou Smith, and I might repeat this, I don't, you know, I might have to like, oops, I already said this, right. but he had solved, he's from Denver, I believe, or uh, Colorado Springs or somewhere in the surrounding area. But he had he was a renowned like detective. Right. He he came out of retirement for this. Right. He had solved hundreds of cases, and he was well respected and just excellent at his job. So it's almost like if Lou if Lou said it happened, if Lou said it was like this, it was like this. Right. Is how most felt. Well- they said that he had like a great attention to detail. Yes. And he was very much for the victim. He wasn't like playing for anybody's team except for the victim. Yeah. And and I believe like he was really good at seeing things that other people just didn't. And he could read a room, right. you know? And so I think that, have you ever been around people who they're like, this person's such a liar. They're always a liar. Never believe what they say. Yeah. And then that liar will say something about you. Right. And that that very person that told you not to believe anything will they believe say. believe them. Totally believes them. Right. That's how I feel like everybody's like, he's amazing. He's an awesome detective. He Attention to detail. He solves hundreds of cases. But now he's contradicting what... They want, or, their, or he's saying their like, pet theory, right? And and changing what they want to see, right? And they want to close a case. They do, but they and they have egg on their face already. From right. The they get-go. don't want to look stupid. Yeah. And so they don't. So now they're like, no, your theories are shit. Right. They don't mean th- no. That can't happen. That can't happen. That that would no. Blah 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 blah. But. In reality, if they would have just listened to him, I bet the case could have been closed. Right. Anyway, he, I don't know if I was, he quickly began reviewing the evidence and finding potential leads that the police and the public had overlooked or dismissed. I'm pretty sure I said that. Right. Um, This is in quotes. It seemed as though the parents were probably involved. Smith said in a video, in video diaries. Right. I'll get into this, but before. When he, before he died, he had hundreds of cassettes and video diaries yeah. that he left behind of this case. He had worked on it until he died. And he had his son create a database, right? I believe so. I think I get into that. But yeah. I, I think if I don't, then yeah, he, he, his, he got his children and grandchildren involved. So, I mean, he was dedicated to solving this case until the day he died. Mm-hmm. And so he made a lot of these video diaries and I'll be quoting a lot of stuff I think out of them but he said in this video diary I thought this was going to be a fairly easy case I thought it would be a slam dunk and I even remember talking to my daughter I kind of joked with her saying if somebody 
did get in that house, it must have been Santa Claus coming down a chimney. Funny that he says that. Right. (laughs) Considering some of the suspects. Right. But as Smith began to investigate the case, he started to believe that the police should actually be looking at a possible intruder. So this now were intruder theories. He he pointed to an open window, which I think you might have gone over a little bit, in the basement. But photographs showed cobwebs on the window that would have likely broken had someone snuck through. Um, I don't, I can't buy into that theory, but it, the window is a rectangular shape. And at first the police were like, there's no way anybody could fit through that. So he's like, watch me. So he demonstrated himself going through it. And they're like, well, there's a spider web right there. And clearly, if somebody went in that window, it would have knocked out the spider web. And if you've, I, I knock down spider webs all the time and go back out there even hours later and they already have a new one built. Right. They, they rebuild their webs. Yeah, they're pretty quick. quick. They're so fast. I, I, I just can't buy into that theory that that wouldn't be there. Even, I mean, this is days later, so why wouldn't it be there? I had imagined that they broke the window just so that they could unlatch it and opening it, mm-hmm. open it. But I'm not, I'm not familiar with what the function of the window was. If it actually opens, I think it opens up. But regardless, even if it was just their plan, I mean, once you get in, it's easy to get out. Right. So they just need to get in. Right. That could, maybe they didn't have a plan at all. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, but because if then they had a the plan, note. they wouldn't be using Ramsey's stuff to write a note. Right. They would have taken the note in, especially that lengthy of one. Right. That's my theory. But well, and they never found the other part of the paintbrush, paintbrush that was used as the garage. Yeah, I just think that if it was so well planned out, they wouldn't have been using the items there. They would have brought their own. Right. Anyway, although if it's a spider web, spiders can quickly rebuild their Oh, uh, they do. And they do. They do. So, okay, so this is what... Who was Garrett? How come I didn't put that down? He must be one of the detectives. So he said, the big question is, could you have gotten through... This window, this small window without disturbing the cobweb, Garrett said. And then he said, I think the answer to that is maybe. But the important point is how soon was this picture taken after John Bonet was killed because spiders can replicate webs very fast. And that's kind of what I was just saying. Like, we don't know when that was taken. So we don't know how fast that spider rebuilt. Right. The web because they weren't very they didn't even think of that so one of the things that um police found was that shoe print that said high tech on it that was right next to her body john benet's body and it did not match again i watched some things and it did not match any of the Ramsey's shoes i watched that other thing and they're like well bert ramsey is that his name he had no not the brother the john john John. um he had a pair but he didn't nobody had those shoes it it's not like it was a common especially for those kind of people right it's not like they're the outdoorsy type right anyway um unless it's like skiing or something like that (laughs) i i think yeah because it's an outdoorsy it's a heavy duty boot right so anyway it was near her body. No one in the family owned the shoes from that brand, as well as 
the two marks on her face and her back, which Smith decided from from what he saw, which I think you kind of talked about, I'm not sure, were, were from a, a stun gun. Right. And he actually found like the the model of stun gun that would have been, that matched. That would have made that. Her. Yeah. There was, they were trying to say that the train track, when they were yeah, trying to the two, put it on Bur- Burke. Mm-hmm. Like she could, it could have been from the train tracks, but those, they showed those in, in one of the documentaries and they don't match. Like, the stun gun matches. And then some people were like, have you ever seen somebody get tased with a stun gun? Like, they don't pass out. Like, why would they use that on her? Right. Well, it does disable you for a right. while. So maybe to just, dis- I mean, she got it twice and she was a little girl. So maybe it would have been strong enough to knock her out. Right. I mean, it does affect your heart and stuff. We don't know why. I mean, th- why'd they use a garrote on a little girl? Why did they use a garrote and... A stun gun. A stun gun. And why did why any of that? Why was any of that done? It was and very excessive. On, the head. on a six year, yeah, on a six six year old that you could easily overpower. So none of it makes sense. So the why that happened? Why that happened? There maybe they were just torturing her. That's what it sounds like. You know, they they tortured her with a garrot. Like they said that it looked like she was still alive when they she was being choked because uh they could see defense like she was trying to pull well, it off her. they found some dna in her fingernails mm-hmm. too yeah, that, that wasn't too. hers that also right so i mean one of the things i saw they were like once she got hit on the head that was it but i actually saw an interview with the uh my god i cannot think <laughs> pathologist oh okay and he was like we don't know what came first right we don't know if the head trauma or we don't know what killed her. Yeah, first. because they were one of the theories out there was that is this she got hit in the head and there wasn't a lot of bleeding. So they thought that that was, mine? yeah, because okay. it came after she died. Right. And then like was the grot was her strangling her not working. So then they hit her. I don't know. None of knows? it makes any sense. Right. And so they don't know what killed her. So why would they use a stun gun? Who knows? And what, what's the effect of a stun gun on a six-year-old? Who knows? I don't think anybody's tried it except until now. <laughs> Anybody want to volunteer their kid? <laughs> no, no. No. So, quote, there's no reason uh, at all for the Ramses to use a stun gun. And the Ramses don't have a stun gun, Smith recorded himself saying at the time. Um, he also says, it, if it's not a stun gun... What is it? That's the question I always ask. In his video diaries, Smith pointed out that whoever wrote the ransom note included language that was drawn from several movies, mm-hmm. and which some people, and I don't know if you even said this, but some people in podcasts and stuff that I was listening to were like, John Ramsey was really into these movies. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that. Sound. I didn't hear any of that. I mean, except for in those things. What I heard was whoever, whomever was responsible was a hardcore movie watcher. But they were like, he even had movie posters in his house. I'm like, "Mm, I doubt his wife would even allow that. And I don't remember seeing movie posters in his house. No, he just had in his collection of movies, he had those movies that had that. But who didn't at that time? He did, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. He noted the similarities. Uh, uh, to the kidnap drama Ransom, which had been playing in 
in Boulder at the time. In that particular movie, a fat cat industrialist, his son was kidnapped. Oh, they they showed this in the documentary. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. It was eerily similar. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of the same Except that the son lives. Yeah, well, (laughs) he even had the tape on his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Same verbiage in this note was in the note that was written in that particular movie. It's just weird. Right. And then the, don't grow a brain, John. Yes. Um, The note said, you are not the only fat cat around, and also included other lines that were similar to the dialogue from films like Dirty Harry and Speed. Um, Smith also, (laughs) this dog. Which is like... Okay, I'm sorry. I don't think that Patsy Ramsey was going to recall that stuff when she, she was would, write, no. writing that. No. No. And something else. I think I even sent you, like, there's a, de- um, a handwriting specialist, and she came up with, like, all these hundreds of similarities and all these letters. <laughs> and they had her on this 2020 episode that I was watching. And then come to find out that she wasn't even allowed to present her evidence because she lacked qualifications. Oh, yeah. You, we did talk yeah. about that. We did. So it's like, mm, dismissed. Right. <laughs> like, to me, that's just a wannabe handwriting right. specialist then. Smith also spoke about the DNA evidence that police had found underneath JonBenet's nails. Oh, and in her underwear. Oh, he spoke of that in his video diaries. He said that the evidence, quote, was not something that was made public for quite a long time. An analysis found that it didn't match anyone in the Ramsey family. Okay, can I just say something? That even recently, right? they, because, you know, DNA has come a long way now. And so... Um, I cannot remember who it is that's trying to get this sample of DNA, but last I heard, Boulder police are not cooperating to release it. Mm -hmm. And so they're just like... I heard the same thing. They've asked several times and they've tried to get... Like, why won't they just release this? Is it the... What's in the the rope from the garage? From the garage. I don't know. Because they haven't tested that because they were talking about that when you're making that those specific kind of knots that you would leave. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Skin cells for sure. Yeah. Leave DNA in there. Mm-hmm. Unless this person was wearing gloves, gloves the whole time. It doesn't sound like they were. I mean. Well, they didn't find any other fingerprints or. No, that's true. I mean, that would have been a lot like of backtracking. To, yeah, well, that's true. But I mean, they were more like, oh, is that some dna on her underwear and her long johns and you know right and and then everything got so contaminated like even pulling the that's another thing so that very detective that tells the story about john ramsey aren't i think it was detective aren't is that her name yeah and she throw she says he then throws a blanket over her and contaminates it even more but in that that documentary that i saw it made it sound like she wasn't the only detective there and that they witnessed her put the blanket <laughs> they witnessed her put the blanket over john benet interesting like the, the the stories just are very i swear if i didn't know any better i'd say boulder police did it but <laughs> that's just now, silly what were they what was what was she having him search the house for well, specifically? Supposedly, she said, hey, why don't you? 
And that's another thing that in the one that I saw where it was actual detectives that were there, it's actual reporters and stuff talking. They, they didn't say it like this. But supposedly she says that she told him to go do, why don't you go and do a once over, you know, search the house again from top to bottom. Right. But he went right to the basement. Right. To that area. Probably because, oh no, never mind. This is before. (laughs) But then when the detectives in the documentary that I saw before I came and they're all telling the story, they tell it completely different. Like a lot of people were checking the house and that he had disappeared for a lengthy amount well, of time. Isn't that and like then the he same, back and, like you could have five people witness the same accident and none of them are going to have the same story. Yeah, but these are pretty drastic. Like, was she alone or wasn't she? Right. Like, were there 10 of you in the house or was she alone? I know. Cause was it, there one at the door? Some of the her? documentaries that I watched made it sound like it was... Just, just her. her. Yeah. And she was kind of, she's never done homicide before. Right. And then, and then they were talking about like him leaving, like John and you even said in your thing, like he had left for a while. And then there was one point where I just, thinking, <gasps> that even made my stomach drop. I was thinking like that time that he left, maybe he went to take a shit. Like yeah, maybe, maybe he was maybe like. Maybe he went in the bathroom to cry because he's not a very. He doesn't show where his emotions on his sleeve. Right. He's very together. Right. And professional and private. You can tell. I mean, they literally got up and and hit the floor running and had people in inside of the, in and out of their house from beginning to end. So it's like they didn't really have alone time. Alone time. Who's to say he didn't just go in a bathroom or a bedroom and let out all his? It was feelings? a pretty big house. He was unaccounted for for like an hour. I doubt it was an hour. I doubt it. May have felt like that. Right. But I doubt it. Anyway. All right. So where was I? Investigators weren't able to find anything incriminating during the Ramsey's interrogations. I just watched their interrogations. I don't know how I missed that. Smith's daughter. So Lou Smith's daughter, Cindy Mara, said the interviews firmed up his beliefs that the Ramsey's had nothing to do with it. And this is his quote on his tapes. I'm not saying the parents don't, I'm not saying parents don't kill their kids. Parents do kill their children. (laughs) But the police are trying to say Patsy did it. Their actions before, during, and after John Bonet's death are all consistent with innocent people. They didn't do it. That's Hmm. what Smith said in his tapes. Um, As the investigation continued under Smith, he became concerned that authorities had totally ruled out the possibility of an intruder. And therefore, we talked about this, they weren't looking for the possibility of that even being, oops, or rather, that even being in the realm of possibility. Right. Okay, in in uh, this quote, I thought there was something drastically wrong and that there was gross injustice in this case, um, Smith said in his tapes. I had seen evidence of an intruder in that house that night with his intruder theory regarding John Bonet's murder increasingly pushed by the wayside Smith ultimately chose to resign from the case uh, he wrote a letter to the Boulder district attorney uh, Alexander is that what we said mm-hmm. even though okay so this is what his letter even though I want to I want 
to continue to participate in the official investigation and assist in finding the killer of John Bonet, I find that I cannot in good conscience be a part of the prosecution of innocent people. He said, it would be highly improper and unethical for me to to stay when I strongly believe this. I love that he stands by his convictions. Right. But even as he stepped away from the official role, as we know, he continued to push for justice for John Bonet. And um, uh, let's see, when Hunter called for a grand jury, oh, this is another shit show. When Hunter called for a grand jury to assess the evidence in 1998, two years after John Bonet died, they listened to Smith's intruder theory. But like the police, the jury didn't believe someone could have entered the window with the cobwebs remaining intact. Jonathan Webb was one of the grand jurors. So on the 2020 thing, I don't know if, did you see this part? Uh, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, he, he, this Jonathan Webb said that Smith's intruder theory didn't make sense for him. Uh, for someone to get through a small window like that and not disturb the cobwebs would be remarkable, he said. Um, I think this is the juror that, um, cause they were asking, so who do you think, do you have an idea of who you think it is? And he kept saying, I know who it is, but again, he wouldn't freaking say a name. Right. So that's just like that detective, but we made eye contact. We'll say his name. Exactly. Say, if you think it's John Ramsey, say. You're pretty much saying it yeah. without saying it. So freaking say it. Like none of them are actually, they're just... It, to me, that just sounds ridiculous. But anyway, the grand jury ended up accusing both John and Patsy Ramsey of un- unlawfully, un- unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permitting a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation which posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health as well as rendering assistance to a person with intent to hinder, delay, or prevent the discovery, detention, apprehension, prosecution, convictions, and punishment of such person for the commission of the crime. Um, so putting your child to bed at night, tucking them in, is like putting your kid in danger, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, that's what they're saying. Um... But although the your food smells really Doesn't yummy, it smell though. delicious. Mm-hmm. But although the grand jury may have believed one of the parents was culpable, that was their way of saying we think one of you did it. We just don't have enough evidence to right. say it. Um, and on and the other, they think that one of the parents was cul- culpable and the other helped. Um, they couldn't say who did what. And all this they were basing on the bedwetting. Right. That they couldn't prove either. Yes. And the stupid pine. Okay. Oh, here's something else that's bugging me. On this, everything else says Burke had the pineapple milk. Their theory is he had the pineapple milk and John Bonet stole a piece and it caused an argument, blah, blah, blah. 
they said they know the mom knew of the pineapple and milk because her fingerprints are on the glass and stuff. Well, she does the dishes. She puts shit away. Her fingerprints are going to be on everything. But they never said anything from what I saw about John Bonet's fingerprints being on the bowl or the glass or whatever. It was the brother and the mom. Right. But... This one thing that has all these detectives and everything, all of a sudden now... It's because it was in her system. She had a piece of undigested pineapple. And and now on this thing, they're saying, well, why would they, why would the mom lie about giving her daughter a bowl with pineapple milk in it? (laughs) And why would, how should, how wouldn't she remember feeding her child a snack? And their, their whole thing is they carried her while she was sleeping and put her to bed. Like, that's it. She wasn't, she wasn't awake. And then Burke was the one that had the pineapple and nobody ever said the only thing with the pineapple was she had a piece that was not digested in her nobody ever said anything else about it like that they found her fingerprints on the spoon or the bowl or it was and even on the dr phil thing they questioned burke about it right he ate the pineapple right there was an argument he ate it so that's another thing like he clearly said he had the pineapple and milk like it was like, what is wrong with me? Because it's getting warm in here. Okay. Um, I mean, isn't it possible that if there was an intruder that had been in the house, that got in while they were away, mm-hmm. went up there, brings her downstairs, is trying to coax her down. There's already this pineapple sitting on the counter mm-hmm. and is trying, here, have some pineapple. Yeah. Like just trying to calm her down. Here, I brought you a snack. Yeah. Come have a snack. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I don't know. I'm what just throwing shit Claus out there. And he's like, I have a present for you. And I I want to have a snack with you. They said the house was heavily <laughs> carpeted. They would have, he would have been able to take her downstairs. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen. All right. But although the grand jury may have believed one of the parents was culpable uh, and the other helped They couldn't say who did it, Um, and Hunter ultimately announced that they did not have sufficient evidence to file charges against the parents. In the following years, wow, I messed that. (laughs) I made it one. (laughs) Um, It all happened at the same time. (laughs) Smith continued to look at the information he had on Jampanese's case and compiled it all into a database. That's that database. Yeah. He believed the answer to the identity of John Bonet's killer lay in the DNA found in her underwear and underneath her fingernails. Right. Uh, by 2008, new DNA testing technology had been developed called touch DNA, which allowed forensic experts to test dead skin cells left behind on objects at crime scenes. Mary Lacey, she was now the district attorney at Boulder at the time, decided to use this new test on John Bonet's pajama leggings. Uh, and the result came back positive for at least one unknown male's DNA, possibly even two, but not the parents. Right. <laughs> it's an unknown male. Um, it, was, it was after this test that Lacey wrote a letter to John 
Ramsey, uh, stating that her office does not consider him or his wife Patsy or anyone in their immediate family to be under suspicion for the death of John Bonet. And this pissed people off, especially the previous county attorney. Right. And um, Alex Hunter. Yeah. And some of the detectives and stuff were just like, what is she talking about? Right. But I think she did the right thing thing to be honest but what do i know okay the team referred to the database i'm enthralled i'm just <laughs> listening the smith had created and began narrowing down suspects Ooh, here we go among the names on the list were gary oliva 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 yeah i i can't yeah, tell looking great. at him with the i know it's o-l-i-v-a and he was a homeless man who frequented a church less than two blocks from the Ramsey's home. So he was, a, they call him the drifter. He was a 32-year-old man, um, a known sex offender in Boulder. Uh, when John Bonet was found strangled to death in what looked like a potential sec- sexual assault, given that there was a droplet of blood in her underwear the convicted pedophile had been living in the area on and off when police allegedly found him he had a cut out a magazine cut out of john benet ramsey in his backpack after he was apprehended on drug charges in 2000 he was soon released but suspicions remained the ramsey's longtime private investigator ollie gray once referred to oliva's ties to John Bonet as a bombshell arrest. In the case, he basically said Boulder police fucked up. Right. For failing to consider him as more than a credible suspect. Soon after, Oliva's high school friend, Michael Vale, stepped forward with the allegations supporting Gray's suspicion. Vale claimed that not long after the murder... A distraught Oliva um, had called him on the phone and confessed to his longtime pal that he may have hurt, quote, hurt a little girl. I heard a little girl. Vale revealed to In Touch magazine earlier this year that he was particularly unsettled by how the knots used to fashion the garrote that strangled John Bonet were similar to those used in an incident where Oliva attempted to choke his mother with the telephone cord. Did you I know did that? Hear that one? Yeah. Um, quote, my blood ran cold when I read that, recalled Vale of his troubled childhood friend. How did they end up ruling him out? Do you, do you... Oh, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oliva was uh, also rumored to have possible connections to a theory that linked the marks found on John Monet's body to an encounter with a stun gun. Oliva had one on him at the time of his initial arrest. What? What? So, well, he too was cleared by DNA testing. He was recently charged with two counts of sexual exploitation of a child for possessing child pornography. He was last reported by the Denver Post to have been arrested in June. Um, This is not June of this year or anything. I think this is like more like 2018 or something like that. But And he was held on a $100,000 bond and is scheduled to appear in court. So DNA rolled him out. Hmm. That's it. 
But that's not even, to me, I'm thinking that's like the older DNA. I don't think that's like the updated because the police aren't releasing the right. newer DNA. So I think he's a good. Well, and they still, they're still trying to, I think it was like Smith's family mm-hmm. are still trying to get them to um, test More the DNA. rope from the garage. Yeah. Yes, they're still. I wonder if I talk about. I don't know if I talk about that part. So you're. You, I think I heard that on a podcast mm. where they were interviewing the daughter. Oh, okay. Bill, did you listen to the girls? The, the twins. The or no, not granddaughters. Twins, but yeah, yeah. Okay, Bill McReynolds, a man who dressed up as Santa Claus for Christmas parties at the Ramseys' home for three years, was also investigated. But let me tell you about him first that's santa claus right yeah okay bill santa Mc- claus is creepy to me he, okay but yeah this is really cre- bill McReynolds. they're both creepy santa, but- he is now deceased wait till you hear this um was a friend of the ramses he he did he played santa for them for a few years he had dressed up for, as santa one week or the week before john Bonet's murder to entertain the neighborhood children at the oh the patsy's famous christmas gatherings right she she put a christmas tree in every room in the house yeah and here's the thing when they're like how would anybody know the layout of her house first of all she had these this gathering where it was kind of an open door anybody could have walked in and she did a full-on detailed tour of video tour of her house oh Um, and I yeah. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, while an older man dressed as Santa makes a pretty good perp in a sexualized child murder, the possibility that the now deceased McReynolds had anything to do with John Bonet's death is extremely unlikely. But hold on. <laughs> McReynolds was rumored to have paid a little too much attention to John Bonet, going as far as to arrange a secret visit from santa claus on christmas he basically told her i have a special gift for you and um he said he he wanted to have a little special after christmas after christmas uh the day after christmas i think that's awfully suspicious yeah um what uh, about the glitter no (laughs) are you gonna get to the yes (laughs) supposedly he had chosen john benet to be his special friend going as far as to bring a vial of glitter gifted to him by the six-year-old with him into heart surgery. Even stranger, he asked his wife to mix the gold glitter yeah. in with his ashes just... where he, when he died. Weird. This particular story generated buzz in the Denver Post, but failed to amount to anything more than sensationalized character assassination of a friendly old man. Okay, poor guy for the character assassination, if that's true, but the glitter thing is just kind of just like (laughs) super fucking creepy. I mean, yeah. I... I, I was a teacher and I, I I love it. Like it breaks my heart if you just throw something away that the kids made me. But I right. don't think I'd want to be buried with anything that Well, he wanted no. her glitter mixed in with his ashes. No. Um and just FYI, he was eliminated by DNA also. Okay. Well and because the DNA isn't conclusive, <laughs> that doesn't even... really eliminate anybody. No, because they won't release it. The up-to-dated one all right now we have the teacher 
In 2006, a former former school teacher, John Mark Carr, confessed out of the blue to the 1996 strangulation of John Bonet in graphic sexual detail. Oh my God, this guy has issues. Mm-hmm. Carr was arrested in Thailand where he'd been living on the lam after facing child pornography charges <sighs> in the U.S. Now, the now 51-year-old initially brought himself into this mess Uh, into the mess by reaching out to the University of Colorado Boulder professor named Michael Tracy over email in regards to a documentary Tracy was making on the case. Once those emails took a disturbing turn, how quick did that happen, revealing the grown man's sexual fascination with John Bonet, Tracy reported Carr to the police who arrested him in Bangkok. Bangkok. Cock, how appropriate. Um, as a possible, sorry, I'm 15. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, as a possible sus- suspect, he was immediately flown to Boulder for questioning, but was ultimately cleared after his DNA. Right. Failed to match the profile of an unknown male found on the waist. Band of John Bonet's long johns. Didn't he have a picture of her in his wallet? Oh, I'm not done. Oh, Car- oh. I, I thought I was. I'm sorry. No, I thought I was, and I was like, I don't know. Carr's demented confession involved a series of diary entries allegedly written from the scene of the crime. In one dramatic account, Carr recalls strangling John Bonet. Oh my God! In a love game. Oh gone wrong. Close your pretty eyes, sweetheart. Okay, okay. Reads the excerpt in which Carr repeatedly refers to himself as Daxis. What Daxis loves you so much. The oh fuck God, Daxis! Stop. I love you. Stop Jumping. it! You're you're getting <laughs> no. And my lover's eyes are slowly closing disgusting gag cars alleged involvement i'm supposed to be eat my corned beef and potatoes right now after we're done i'm gonna be so hungry after this just kidding (laughs) cars alleged involvement broke international headlines and his earnest insistence on having killed her was enough to set off a media fiasco however Huh? We've talked about this. These people that just admit to shit that they didn't do. Oh, I know. It's insane. Like insane. Insane. But the, and the details and the weirdness. Ugh. Obviously, he fantasized. I mean, mm-mm. that no. Nope. Hopefully, they took him off the streets just based on that. Well, they did. They had. A, he was in. Let's see what happened to him. However, he was ultimately dismissed. Oh, as a suspect, he was ultimately dismissed as a suspect altogether and written off as a pedophile who was after notoriety notoriety and fame officials also failed to verify that he was ever in Boulder according to a 2010 report by the Daily Beast the one-time suspect is now living a new identity oh oh He's my god and, Are you serious? Oh no, no, get this. A new gender uh-uh. in the Pacific Northwest. What the fuck? Wow. Okay. He's probably up to no good. 
Probably. Um, just before I read this next one, well, actually, yeah, before I read this next one. Unpopular opinion, but can't we, like, find these people and just medically castrate them? You know, um, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, but they actually even thought, guess, what do they always say in these weird unsolved murders? The Zodiac Killer. Really? And you know why? The way the note was signed. The SB whatever. They said that's how the Zodiac Killer signed notes. The acronyms are something that he would call himself. Interesting. Somebody had said it was like saved by the cross or something like that. Yeah. I listened to this podcast that they had like a whole bunch of different theories of what that meant. Yeah. Well, there's another one that could have meant um, one of these guys, I think it's the teacher, uh, went had a sweatshirt that had those on it oh. and it, it belonged to the college that he went to mm-hmm. and and the like the rowing team or something mm-hmm. and it's those very same it's just i mean the whole thing is bizarre the whole letter is bizarre it's fucking long but the whole victory sbtc mm-hmm. at the end was just weird like what the fuck mm-hmm. and then you killed her at the end of all of that tor- pomp and circus the way they kill a 6 year old it's a torture killing it's weird anyway okay now this one the housekeeper they had a housekeeper named linda hoffman pew um she had worked for the family as their housekeeper and her husband mervin was their handyman so they knew the house. Um, it wasn't surprising that she was known to carry a key to the home. So that would explain entry. And during the investigation of John Bonet's murder, Hoffman Pugh didn't even begin to fit the profile the police were after. White male, former convict, 25 to 30 years old. But she didn't hold back on voicing her suspicions that Patsy Ramsey had accidentally killed John Bonet. Funny, hardcore start pointing the finger at the mom. Uh, that said, Patsy claimed to investigators that Hoffman Pugh was struggling for money and had asked for a loan of several thousand dollars, which Ramsey had declined. Police Police showed up at the at the Pew's home that night after the murder and asked the 57-year-old housekeeper to write the number $180,000 on a piece of paper and reportedly took her fingerprints and several several strands of her hair. She then testified in front of a grand jury for a total of 8 hours including a statement against Patty that read i'm sorry i'm sorry patsy i i hear i know the snoring that uh read i think this quote i think she had multiple personalities she'd be in a good mood and then she'd be cranky she got into arguments with john benet about wearing a dress or about a friend coming over i had never seen patsy so upset the hoffman pew theory asserted that the housekeeper led a trusting john benet down into the basement that night in an attempt to trick her employers into leaving money for her ransom. It's possible that she could have seen John Ramsey's pay stub for 180000 as a holiday bonus and chosen. Oh, and that's how she chose that as her demand, which I think we discussed that earlier. Familiar with both the home and the family schedule, Hoffman Pugh makes a convenient suspect 
and without an alibi. She was asleep in her bed while her husband allegedly slept on the couch. There is room to speculate she could have been involved. So far, all evidence implicating her in the case is circumstantial at best, and she has never been formally accused of the crime. Um, the evidence against her is stronger than the evidence against I mean, the Ramses. She also knows her way around the house. She knows her way around the house. That John Bonet would have trusted her. It would make it feasible for her to try and frame Patsy. Right. Sounds like she doesn't like the woman very much. Yeah. And her husband could be in on it because they need money. Right. And he's the gardener. Okay. After 13 years, Smith still believed that an unidentified intruder was responsible for John Monet's murder. But he was running out of time. He was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2010. But even as dozens of people visited him each day to pay their respects at the hospital, and later in hospice, he never stopped talking about John Bonet's case. According to his other daughter, Don Miller, Mar- uh, oh, that's what she was saying, that nobody, okay, he just talked to everybody about the case. Um, Mara, his daughter Mara, said that before his death, while he was still in the hospital, he told her that he wanted someone to keep investigating the case. He just said, this is her quote, he just said, I want somebody to continue this case. Please don't let it die, she said. And he asked me to write down a name. And I did. I got a pen and paper and he gave me a name. And he said, start with this name. (laughs) But she doesn't say the name. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating. (laughs) Smith died on August 11th, uh, 2010. Uh, Mara said that after his death, her family teamed up with some of Smith's former homicide partners to keep investigating the case. We will share in common is that commitment to fulfill Lou's dying wish that it that this case doesn't die with him, said John Anderson, a friend of Smith's and former sheriff of El Paso County, Texas. I think it's that devotion. And respect that love for Lou um, is what keeps our team moving forward. They are, oh my God, I'm getting good. I'm getting chills. Mm. Anderson said that the team narrowing down Smith's list met with Boulder authorities in September 2020 to present the list of their top 20 perps in the case. Whoa, I think just went crazy. Mara said she doesn't believe at this point that they are actively investigating this case. Even though it's an open investigation. They swear is an open, it's not a cold case. They are keeping it open. They swear that they are still investigating, but they're not um, being very cooperative. Time is running out. If you're not going to look into it, let these people do it. I'm pleading with Boulder police. (laughs) Like, let these people do it. When 2020 reached out for a comment, the Boulder Police Department said, there is still an active case, ongoing investigation into JonBenet's murder. However, the department has never publicly commented on its handling of the case. Bullshit, if you haven't. Um, I could pull up a few YouTubes of your people actually commenting on the handling of it. Right. From the past, or the mishandling of it. Well, and then uh, there was all that, like, infighting between 
They just don't want to look bad. Departments and between them and the DA's office. So this is um, Mara. It's her daughter. So Smith's granddaughters, Mara's daughters, are the ones that, um, they're like the next generation. And they're the ones that the podcast I told you, Mm -hmm. Victim Shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, actually listened to some excerpts of that today. Mm. I mean, there's three, or at the time I listened, they had... Excuse me, three. They might have more by now. But they, um, they're they short. They keep them like at 15, 20 minutes long. And um, she says, my daughters will continue on with this case when we end up being too old to do it. She said, this is Mara speaking. She said, but we are not going to stop investigating. We're just going to, we're just going to do it. Um, in the aftermath... Uh, of his daughter's murder, John Ramsey went on to lose his job and claims he spent millions of dollars on private investigators, lawyers, and security, while John Benet's half-brother, John Andrew Ramsey, said his father has remarried and is focusing on his life. He also said their fight for justice on behalf of, of his half-sister is not over. The family has not lost the will to fight. And the will to find the killer, John Andrew Ramsey said. We work on this daily. There's a group of dedicated volunteers that work on this daily. Well, and they don't want that speculation to follow future generations either. No. Um, They said the family has not lost the will to fight, to find the killer. I already said that. I think it's really important for people to understand that this case can be solved he went on to say there, this guy sounds really intelligent when you watch him talk. He's he's an intelligent guy. There's a narrative out there that this is an unsolved homicide and that we just have to accept that as a fact. And that is not the truth. If we leverage the evidence, we follow the facts, we will find this killer. I think it's just... To me, it's kind of crazy that there's so many unsolved murders out there and so many children... That are killed under suspicious circumstances yeah. over the years. But this case has just like captivated people's. Well, some of it. I mean, listen, she was this little beauty queen. Right. Her mom would dress her. I think that that was part of it is right. people just had a huge problem with that. I do. and it, But they let that overshadow the actual facts in the case. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Look at the way he's sitting. <laughs> You're so pretty. You're such a gentleman. Just such a gentleman. <laughs> I'll tell you the one that I want to do with my cousin mm-hmm. coming as our guest. Right. That almost could have been a perfect murder. Right. Perfect. I, I started looking at it, just kind of dipping my toes in it. But yeah, I can't wait to. And she sent me her theory. Mm hmm. On what could have happened, what she thinks could have happened to the body. And I'm like, it could have, could have been a perfect murder if they were just a little better at it and not tweakers. What's an oh, oh. Be a good boy. Those okay. eyes. You're so pretty. Just so pretty boy. All right. Well, that's it. How that's you feel? It. That's I'm uh, super glad we're done with this case. Do you have a pet theory? Uh, I'm... I mean, that uh, that last, the pedophile one, really, I'm liking that, that one. Was that the teacher, John Carr? Uh, Was John Carr the teacher? Yeah, I think so. 
Look at how easily. I'm just so burnt out on it. Yeah, I know. We've been doing this like, I mean, we started looking at it right after we did the Dahlia. Yeah. It's like a month or longer. And I was like, every day, I was obsessed about it. I was like, more, more. I got to figure this out. Like, how can they not know? And I was like... It's a mystery. I got to figure out. Oh, but I do know because I watch court TV all the time. And now they're doing the George Floyd case. Um, uh, Shit. What is her name? Breonna Taylor? No. The mom, the kids, everybody go to hell except for her. She's amazing. She's going to rise to the heavens. Dumb Daybell. Oh. She dropped. What? Is is it his name Daybell too? Yeah, that's okay. that's her new last name. Yeah, that's her new last name, and um, that case should be I think starting in September. Her, her lawyer <clears throat> requested that the judge start referring to her as Daybell, Mrs. Oh. Daybell. So fuck her. She's still yeah. Lori Vallow. Yeah, she's still Lori fuckhead dumbass. Yeah. I would say, oh, so they were talking about the case. It's like going to be a summer case. I don't know if it's going to be like towards the end in September or if that's when it's kicking off. If they say September, it's kicking off. That's not a summer case. I think it's starting in the summer and finishing up in September. I don't Mm. know. But anyway, September is going to be a big month for that case. Right. Yeah. I kind of want to wait until the whole thing's done. The whole trial's done. Mm -hmm. Mm. But it is going to be on court TV. (laughs) She's like, just letting you know. Well, we're going to be watching it. You can take that out if you want. But the play-by-play. I should get money from Court TV for this. <laughs> <laughs> you could sponsor our podcast, Court TV. We did get a lot of listens already to the JonBenet on the... Sweet. Well, not only the podcast, but also on YouTube. YouTube? Yeah. So, Sweet. Um, if you guys have any theories... Uh, Anything you want to say about this case, like your opinions, like messages, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We have our website, Tipsy Dash Tales Podcast. <laughs> tipsy Dash. Oh my God. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. It's Tipsy Dash Tales.com. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can write, can't you write comments on YouTube and stuff? Yeah. yeah. So YouTube, yeah, definitely, there. for Get sure. Get it on there. I think, I see people have conversations on there all the time. It's just yeah. fun to like, what's your theory? What is your favorite theory, people? Yeah, and Let all of our know. links are on our YouTube page. So if you're like ever curious, I know we kind of say I'm kind of fast sometimes when we're <laughs> talking about them. So if you're ever curious, they're on our YouTube youtube page she's hungry she's ready for her food. i want my corned beef there's no cabbage because <laughs> you know we were already drinking beer tonight and there's corned beef and carrots and Just potatoes saying, so that was a already the people are gonna be risky enough i mean by the time this comes out next tuesday um nobody's gonna care about saint patrick's day but well this is w- what day we recorded we're recording on saint patrick's day Having you're welcome our green cupcakes and our guinness beer yeah i'm and so what time full right it? now from it oh it's nine o'clock well that's we're, good that's actually kind of early for yeah, us because tomorrow i'm going for my second vaccine oh i'm super I haven't had mine yet are you oh because all the side effects possible Hopefully i won't have any possible yeah and my truck and i just need to get there and get home safe and sound and then whatever well, i already happens, told happens. you if it if you're having trouble with your truck i go, can give you a ride 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go early so that if I have any trouble, I just cannot miss this appointment. Right. It is happening no matter what. It's happening. If I have to pull up in a tow truck, I'm getting that damn vaccine. <laughs> I'll deal with whatever happens. I've already been telling spirit to not let me have side effects. <laughs> hey, I forgot to turn that on today. Oh, know, our little box. We'll do it on the next one. And we also have something else in the works. Yes. We're, you'll find out. You'll find out. It's a secret. It's a secret right now. Yeah, it's a secret. Shh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. All right, um, you guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Even Even though though it'll be over. It might be President's Day. (laughs) I think that was last month. (laughs) It might be. It just might be next week. By the time you get it, it might be the next full moon. Oh, oh, I bought a candle yesterday called Full Moon. Really? Doesn't smell very much. I thought it was going to smell really yummy. Did you think it was going to smell like the full moon? I just thought it. I, when I smelled it, it had a scent. And then when I lit it, it didn't. <laughs> it smells like full moon. Yeah. So it smells like nothing. <laughs> it smelled. I can't even tell you what Not it like smelled like. Not like my calm the fuck down candle? No. No, it's a good thing I bought some other candles because... Full moon. You, you know how much I, I love just candles. Bought it, yeah. I love them too. And I, I bought four of them. Okay, I bought one to give my neighbor across the street, and then mm-hmm. I decided I also bought her a bottle of wine. But she just had a baby. She's nursing. She's gonna be like, it's her first baby. Mm-hmm. By the third one, you're like, I can drink some wine. It filters. <laughs> but the first one, you're like, no, I'll get my baby drunk. So, she's not gonna drink that wine, but we will. Mm-hmm. And I might, we keep, will. I might keep the candle. <laughs> I might keep the candle. <laughs> but I bought the baby a gift, too. Okay. Well, that's all that counts. Right. She right. might not like the candle. <laughs> so it doesn't smell like anything. doesn't smell like anything. It might not. It might be like the full moon candle. Okay. So... What Light it on the full moon. I know. That's what I'm going to do for my circle. In my bathroom. Hmm? In my bathroom. It doesn't smell like it anything. Matches. I know. But it matches. <laughs> I just thought it was great because it's called Full Moon and it's blue. And it would go really good in my bathroom. And I was hoping it would smell. I'll just put the diffuser in there and fake people out. <laughs> <laughs> smells like lemongrass. Yeah, it's that candle. That's what the full it's moon, the full moon. smells like. It smells like lemongrass in the summer. Also, you had some really cool stuff happen at your house. Not cool. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't have classify it as usually, cool. But. Usually I'm like, that is cool. This, I'm not thinking it's cool. Dude, I don't like you it. You guys, we might have to put it on the mm. on Patreon. Mm. Just do a cut it, cut it, cut and paste. Yeah. Oh, I want to show you something after we're done here. Okay. All right, hey guys, we're done with you. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. Kidding. Gotta go. Bye. Gotta go. Bye. Anyways. All right. Have well, a good night. Good night. Good night.